Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Question we've been asking, what are you looking for on Sunday? What type of performance do you want to see from the Raiders as the Texans come to town? They're 1-3-1 on the season. Obviously, the Raiders are 1-4. Obviously, everyone wants to see a, a, a W. But how do you want this team to go out there and execute? Also, just went over the injury report. Hunter Renfro is dealing with the hip injury. Darren Waller's got a hamstring injury. I'm not – look, and I've, I've seen a few text messages. You know, hey, if the guys are hurt, they're hurt. Jason Maryland, if they're hurt, they're hurt. It's not much you can do about that. No matter how much you want to see it, you can't do nothing. You're right. I'm just saying it's inconvenient for the, the Raiders. And, again, injuries, it just stinks that guys are just not there. It's almost like it's almost like the, you know, the, if there was for bad luck, if it wasn't for bad luck, they would have no luck. Right? It's just That's just kind of what it seems like. This unit, we're waiting for it to get clicking and get rolling, and they've still done well even dealing with injuries. They've done well as a team offensively. They haven't done everything that they want to do, but they've done – I mean, well enough to win games. They they keep talking about you. Keep hearing head coach Josh McDaniels and others say, "Hey, there's just you know, got to get time on the grass, got to get time together." Well, they can't develop that if they're not out there. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you can't do anything about injuries. It just stinks. Eight three one at Raider hit us up at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. What's up, Q and D? What I want to see is McDaniels learn from his mistakes. If we're up by two touchdowns, I want to see him keep pressing on the gas to make it a blowout. Also, I want to include more Renfro, Cole, and Morrow. Plays to help get their confidence up. Southern that they've not seen very much. That's from 831 Raider. Thank you so much for that text. We do appreciate you. So, again, what are you looking for on Sunday? What type of performance do you want to see from the Silver and Black? 69187, keyword r That is our text line. Now, join us on the phone line to give us a little bit of a preview on the Houston Texans is our good friend DJ Bienname from ESPN.com. Covers the Houston Texans like a glove. And DJ, thanks so much for your time. Before we dive into the Texans, my man, I got to ask, we kind of bragged on you to start the show about winning the, the Texans combine <laughs> and uh, going out there and being a super stud athlete, something that me at 45, I failed to do. What was that? Uh, how did that feel for you to go away with that victory, my man? Well, I mean, yeah, nah, it was it was fun. It was fun. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the the events that they had was uh, they made us do a four yard dash, catch some punts, and catch some punts. There's a couple other things they made us do. Um, oh, throw the football. How far you throw football? A lot of a lot of different things. Uh, punt the football. It was fun though, man. I had a good time. I didn't know they were gonna do all that, but yeah. No, that's cool. I, I like it. And I was just telling the story earlier this week that the Raiders were on the bye similar to the Texans last week. And me and my buddy Vegas Jess were playing football on the street for some dumb reason. And I thought that I was C. Wood and I could just cover anybody. And, uh, well, long story short, it went bad. And, you know, I tore up my hands. Like, you know, 45-year-old man trying to play a corner. It doesn't work out too well. Father time, man, catches up. So it was a bad look for your boy. <laughs> It happens, but go ahead, Damon. Yeah, DJ, but you ran track at the University of Louisville, so was it any competition at all, or did everybody just come – did you just say who's coming in second today? <laughs> well, for the for the 100, for my junior year, yeah, it was basically like who's coming in second. But, like, my roommate right now, like, he was my, he was my roommate in college. Like, he was actually pretty fast in the 200, I ain't going to lie. But they just didn't utilize him the way they should have. He was a high jumper, freak athlete. They put him on the 4x4, 
but they didn't really put him too much on the 200 for whatever reason. They had him on the 4x1, but never really let him run the 200. But um, my second year, though, my senior year, I, I went Juco first, then I went to, um, then I went to, uh, you know, to Louisville. Um, we had we had some guys that could roll. Like we had one dude named Norm McBride who could run ten four. We had another dude named Donald uh, McLean McClinton who could run like ten three. Yeah, now nah, we had some guys my my senior year. You know, too bad I got hurt. Like a lot of us actually got hurt. But yeah, that, that year I ain't gonna lie. That was more okay. Who's gonna come in first? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, DJ, you keep all that gas in Houston, man. <laughs> I don't need I don't need that competition, man. Look, no, if I you tried to race me in a parking lot after dinner one night. No, I, I need did for, win. Because yeah, I'm not about to race you in a parking lot after dinner, man. DJ, he lined up. <laughs> DJ, he and I don't mean to derail this interview, but he, he lined up against me in this parking lot and, and was ready to roll, and we took off, and I took off, and he got about two steps in, and then he shut it down. So he was ready. He didn't want that smoke, though. <laughs> <laughs> DJ's like man. I, I, it happens <laughs> I, 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 I kind of side with him for not wanting to run out to eating though he, that's, that's his excuse that he uses to you on the, on the radio DJ that's, <laughs> that's not the real reason that dude knows he didn't want these problems but let's get down to business again DJ B Anime from ESPN.com joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920 let's talk about the Texans the DJ I've had multiple reviews we've talked to multiple people John McClain from the uh, formerly of the Chronicle he's at Gallery Sports now he's fantastic he's one of my good friends he, uh, we talked to him we talked to Landry Locker and I feel like we've gotten two different versions of who this Houston Texans team really is so at 1-3 one from your your eye point, you know, viewing them and covering them each and every day. What is the identity of this Houston Texans team? Man, they're a defensive led team with a really good running back. Um, that's how they want to play, keep the game close, um, and then you know let Davis know manage the game where they make plays when they they call on and make those plays. Um, you know, defense has been one of the better teams in the league right now. You know, they're allowing six to nineteen points per game, um, which is like. Top 15 in the league, really 13, like 13th on the head. Um, and, you know, a lot of it comes down to being able to limit quarterbacks, man. They've been able to, they right now they're holding quarterbacks to a pass rate of 73. That's top five in the league. Completion uh, percentage 57. That's top five in the league. Um, they have six interceptions. That's top 10 in the league. Um, they've been a good unit, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, man. They've been a really, really good unit. Like all, all the, all the cornerbacks. Um, all have like quarterbacks target them. All have like a pass rate of under ninety when they target each quarterback. I mean, Derek Stingley right now, I think it's like around sixty nine. Desmond King, I believe it's like around sixty six. And then you have like Stephen Nelson is like eighty five, but it's only it's only eighty five because in week one he gave a touchdown to Michael Pittman, but it wasn't even like you know like he really got cooked by Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman ran an out route and then cut it back up inside. Stephen missed the tackle, and that was that. But besides that, C.J. Nelson has been really good. Like, I've really been impressed by their second day, man. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been really good. You know, I, I, wanted to ask, I wanted to ask about that secondary because for the most part, I mean, you mentioned Nelson, but for the most part, it's pretty young. You know, you got Stingley, who was a first-round pick out of LSU. Jalen Petrie, I covered him at Baylor. He was a second-round pick at the back end. What has made them gel so quickly? Um, Man, Levy Smith is a really, really good defensive coach when it comes to helping defensive backs thrive, you know. Um, it's not like the Bill Belichick way where, like, granted, like, Bill Belichick's scheme allows for cornerbacks to get more shine because, like, you know, he's going to scheme it up so you can be in favorable matchups and really make plays on the ball. But with 
you know, Lovey, he just puts in really good spots and makes it difficult for quarterbacks to throw into into certain windows because um, they don't really run that much man. And the eyes are always on the quarterback. And their communication is really good. Um, obviously, yes, they, they are young. We have, you know, Derek Stingley. You have Jalen Petrie. And even Jonathan Owens, who's maybe 27, but this is only his first year ever starting. Mm. But they do have Steven Nelson, who's a vet. Right. They do have Desmond King, who's been, who's been around for a little minute. So I really, you know, I, um, I think that's been a big reason, you know, just having that veteran, veteran leadership along with Lovey Smith being able to teach them the proper way of executing the scheme and them trusting and buying into it and understanding, okay, let's prevent the big play and then make those bars down the field because eventually they'll make a mistake. And that's basically what the um, recipe has been. Talking all things Houston Texans right now with DJ BNMA here on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, you mentioned the scheme and Lovey Smith and how they're trying to take away the big play on defense. Justin Herbert's been the best quarterback that they faced, and he was the most successful against them. But in all the other games that the Texans have had, what have they been successful with? You mentioned the big play, taking away the big play, but what else has this Texans defense been able to accomplish early in the season? Okay, so against the Jaguars, they strictly went cover two. For like, like they were they were like a too high look for like I think like eighty percent of the snaps. They went cover two for like sixty, and it was basically making Trevor Lawrence have to you know read the defense because they would disguise it right. It wouldn't just be like all right, we got uh, we're, we're going to show you what you're gonna, we're going to do. He'll disguise it, which will make you know Trevor hitch. And then when he finally got to like where his eyes should be, like that receiver was already kind of blanketed because you know like a guy may be open but the quarterback doesn't see him. It's, it's kind of too late, right? Because now the other corner or the linebacker is going to plaster onto that um, receiver. Um, and now that guy's kind of covered. Um, so that's basically what that was. Um, against the Colts, it was more like, okay, let you prevent the big play and, you know, let that be that. But against the Broncos, I think that was my favorite game to watch. They were just ahead of the curve on everything, right? Like, it was almost like Lovey Smith kind of knew they had Nathaniel Hackett's playbook. Anytime they ran play action, for the most part, they were in the right spot every single time. And it kind of made a lot of the windows tight for Russell Wilson because, as you guys all know, because obviously, you know, Russell played the, the Raiders recently. Russell doesn't like throwing over the middle of the field. And, and, and it's hard to throw in that, those cover two windows outside the numbers because, really, you're just trying to fit. If you're trying to get down the sideline, you got to get it in between that cornerback and in front of that safety trying to get that cover to hold two shot or if you're trying to get down the middle of the field, you're really trying to fit into a tight window. We know Russell doesn't like throwing over the middle of the field. So, like, the spots where he likes throwing the ball, they were already kind of, like, blanking in those areas. So, I want to say, like, a lot of it is really good game planning. Like, there hasn't been a game outside of the Chargers game where I was like, yeah, I don't really like this game plan. The Chargers one was just more like just Herbert just doing superhero type stuff, you know what I'm saying, at times. Um, but overall, though, um, I think in terms of game planning, They've just been able to, one, really prevent the big plays, but also beat the offensive coordinator to the punch to then make the quarterback hesitate, you know? Uh-huh, and it sounds like you're saying that this secondary, Lovey Smith is coaching them up very well and they know exactly where to be. But with the front seven, what's been some of the deficiencies with them in stopping the run? Gap integrity. Um, you know, off of first impression, you would think, man, the D-line must be getting driven back. But it's not really like that. It's more like, the linebacking core, along with whether it's the safety in the box or the nickel corner, well, that's Desmond King, sometimes they're just not executing their gap assignments, right? Because in their scheme, since, you know, we have four down linemen, they're really just trying to get penetration. 
and you know, you know, bust holes up, um, and your line, your linebackers have to be in the right spot, right? Because if you have like, could they all, you know, if you have like a couple of D linemen, let's say you have like the, the both of uh, the defensive tackles, and they both, let's say they slam left, and you have the running back, he sees like that backside kind of being open, and if that linebacker overflows to the middle, linebacker overflows too much to the right. Now you have all that backside action wide open. And that's what's been happening a lot. I remember the first play of uh, the second half against the Bears. That's exactly what happened, right? Like the D line got penetration. They were able to, you know, cause a little bit of havoc. But a couple of linebackers overran their gaps. And then the, David Montgomery was able to cut back and boom, now you have a 50. And then also some of the tackle, uh, Jonathan Owens. But then now you have a 51 yard run instead of having that be like a five yard gain or a 10 yard gain. Now it's a 51 yard gain. So a lot of it has just been gap integrity from what I've seen and what I've heard from people around organization again we're talking all things texans right now with B- dj b anime here on radio nation radio 920 unnecessary roughness so one of the things i said dj to start the show was i think with the texans struggling to stop the run that the raiders should just go in with the game plan of run josh jacobs run josh jacobs and run josh jacobs some more do you think that if that's how they start off the game trying to pound the rock that that'd be a good game plan for the raiders hmm so i think i so, I, so my heart says yes because you know the Texans are a lot of too high shell. Josh Jacobs averages six yards per carry on two against a too high shell. But I asked Lovey Smith about this, and he was just like, "We really go too high shell in obvious passes situations." So I I would say yeah, you know, show like have the you know, Texans prove that they can stop the run. Mm-hmm. So then you can you know and then go off of that. And I think we already know, based off of Josh, I mean Josh McDaniel, um, based off of what he did in New England, what he's done with the Raiders, it's all you know. His game plan is team dependent. What does the team weakness is? And we already know the Texans have a weakness in stopping the run. So I would say it should be that, and then let everything kind of flow off of that. But the thing is, yes, you may be able to get into the red zone, but then it's going to come down to key executing the red zone. And the Texans right. have a top, I think, ten red zone type of defense. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I'm really interested to, choose to see that chess match because I did ask Lovey about that. I'm really interested to see that um, because we know their run defense isn't good, but their pass defense is good. Right. And obviously you want to have both of those things mirror up. But it's almost like we'll live with the run defense being mediocre to bad, but we're going to make sure we take away the pass game. And we know that's where the Raiders are most dangerous is through, the, is through their pass game with those three weapons. And Adams, uh, Humphrey. You know, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Let me ask you something about the pass game real quick. As far as Devontae Adams goes, and of course Stingley is the, the, the young rookie, the, the really good young rookie out of LSU, do you expect to see them matched up a lot, or do you think that if they happen to line up against each other, they do, but he's not going to shadow or try to shadow uh, Adams around the field? I think he'll shadow him. Um, but I don't think it's like, all right, I'm on an island. I right. think, like, he's just going to follow him. But, like, if I'm in cover two, I'm just in cover two. I'm just going to be on Devontae Adams' side. If Devontae's on the left side, I'm going to follow. If I'm in cover three, I'm in cover three. Because against the Chargers, he followed Mike Williams. Against Broncos, he followed uh, Carlos Sutton. Um, against the Colts, he didn't follow Michael Pittman. But that was kind of that. Um, not too sure why. But I know that he followed He followed um, those two receivers. But, granted, those are big-body receivers and, and – and, um, you know, Stingley is a bigger corner, uh, so I'm really interested to see if they implement that same type of approach because, if I'm just being honest, 
Steve Nelson is like five ten. Right. Good player, but like that that is a size mismatch. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I do I don't know I, I haven't been told that he'll follow him, but if I had to guess he's gonna follow him. But not in the sense of like, all right, I'm following you whether you in the slot or outside, but just all right, I'm going to your side yeah, outside on the you know, right side of the field, I'm gonna follow. So left side of the field I'm gonna follow, but I'm not gonna necessarily be a man coverage against you wherever you are. Turning our page to the offense of the Houston Texans, they also hit in the draft on running back Damian Pierce. What have you seen from him this season that's made him so effective running the ball for the Texans? It's his vision. His vision is, is, is pristine. He's able to um, sometimes create something out of nothing. And, like, he's very he's, he's a powerful back. Like, he's, a, he's, very, he's an explosive back because, like, you know, it's hard to, for the first, first person to take him down. He kind of reminds me a little bit. Granted, like, Najee Harris is bigger than him. Um, but he, he reminds like, he has that same type of running style where he's basically like a bowling ball. Um, so that, that's basically what he does, you know what I'm saying? Um, he'll, you know, he has a vision, has a quickness, has the power to get those rough yards sometimes and create out of nothing. Because, you know, that, that highlight run that everybody saw against the Jaguars, he had like six, seven dudes try to tackle him. And he just kept throwing them off of him. That's what he does. You know, that's kind of his game. Now, is that type of style going to lead to longevity? I'm not too sure. But <laughs> we just worried about week seven at this point in his rookie career. You know what I'm saying? Right. No doubt. No doubt about it. Again, uh, DJ BNMA is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Final question for you. As far as your gut feeling on how this one shakes out, man, uh, Houston's coming to town. Uh, Legion Stadium, 105 Pacific Standard Time is when the kickoff is. How do you think this game ultimately shakes out? I think it comes down to the wire. I think that um, this is going to come down, in my opinion, down to can the Texans quarterback make a play? Because that's how every game's come down to. Okay. I thought of the – even the Jazz game – yeah, came down. Jaguar had a you know variation of that. Um, the Chargers game did it. Um, was kind of reversed. The defense kind of um, you know struggled, and then the offense brought them back. And Davis, I will Mills did make plays, but in week one, week two, uh, I feel week one, week two, week three, week uh, week five. I came down. To, okay, can our quarterback make a play? And you know, the first few weeks he didn't. And I think, you know, this week is going to come down to that. Because Lovey, for whatever reason so far, outside of the Chargers game, the offense and the defense has played at a high level um, in terms of keeping the opponent out of the end zone. So I think that's going to continue. And then it's going to come down to which quarterback is going to make a play down the stretch. I, I hate to boil it down to the quarterback. So we, as you guys know, like the game is much bigger than just the quarterback. It's not basketball. Um, but... I do think that the way both teams are constructed, um, it will come down to which quarterback can make a play late. Because, you know, both teams have good defenses. Both teams can get after the passer. Both teams can force turnovers. Um, both teams have good running backs. Both teams have, well, you guys have way better weapons. But um, the Texans have respectable weapons. Nico Collins on the outside, Brandon Cooks on the outside. Um, and they have a good running back. So, again, it's going to come down to in that fourth quarter, who can make plays. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, I probably would lean towards the Raiders winning, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans would pull this out. There you go. I, hey, I hear you. It looks like uh, it should be a good one at Allegiant Stadium on uh, on Sunday. Uh, when are you flying in, DJ? When do you come to town? Um, Saturday. Okay. All right. Well, we'll definitely uh, catch up with you then at Allegiant Stadium inside the press box. We definitely appreciate you spending some time this afternoon and, uh, you know, getting to, getting to, like I said, a little bit of background on the Houston Texans and what to expect on Sunday at Allegiant. Thanks so much for your time, my man. We definitely appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. 
No doubt about it. There he goes. Good stuff right there. Uh, DJ Bienname, ESPN.com, does a fantastic job covering the Houston Texans like a glove. And there you go. A little bit different uh, outlook on the team, you know. And, and, look, I know that – and, Damon, you brought it up. I know Houston hasn't played juggernauts yet. You know, we said that multiple times. But, I mean, it's just it's something to think about. It's something to think about. I like to figure out what teams' weaknesses are and what their strengths are, at least what they believe their weaknesses and strengths are. I, I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter who you play. It does in the results, obviously, that matters. But as long as I, I want to know what the team believes their strengths are, what the team believes their weaknesses are, how they lean, because then that gives you an idea of, okay, how do the Raiders match up? I think that that's the most important thing is really how do the Raiders match up. And one of the biggest keys is the Raiders are going to move the ball. 20 to 20, they're going to move the ball. Can they punch it in for Fabian's favorite? Can they punch it in for seven and not settle for three? Because the Texans do get stingy in the red zone. But to your point, the Chargers played them, and they gave up a lot of points to the Chargers. Yeah, but this is the first time or the first guest that we've had on that talked about the Texans that made me switch my view a little bit because I'm saying, hey, the Texans, they haven't played anyone that good. We saw with the Chargers, they played them. They lost by 10, pl- by 10 points. Right. So, hey, they just got to play a good quarterback, and maybe the Raiders, it's going to be a different outcome. But maybe the Texans are just one of those teams where you see it in basketball more than football, I'd say, where, hey, they just play a, a style of football that's just going to drag you down. That's right. why the scores are so are so low. Not that they – because they're not the most talented team. Right. But they just all. know how to play they're going to drag you down with them and it's going to be a mud fight with the Texans and maybe they are just this version of that team in the NFL this year hey look and the one thing I know about Lovey Smith is he's going to muddy it up man he's going to make it a dirty game it's going to be one of those that you play outside in the street right it's one of those you play outside in the street and everybody gets uh, banged up and they get ripped up and their hands get ripped up and their shoes get jacked up right I mean it's a it's yeah, a Friday exactly like that. <laughs> it's a fr- it's a Friday night on the sale <laughs> Vegas, Jess, and Q. It's one of them ugly things that goes on, but that's what it's going to be, that kind of a game. So uh, many thanks to DJ for joining us there to talk all things Houston Texans. And Raider Nation, want to hear from you. we got plenty of texts to get to, a ton of them. Great feedback that we're getting right now at 69187, keyword R&R. That's our text line. Also our phone line, wide open like some old school TV antennas. We don't have another guest until 4 o'clock with Lincoln Kennedy, 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Question we thought out there on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R, also the phone line at 702-365-9200. What are you looking for on Sunday? What type of performance do you want to see from the Raiders? Mailman Raider hit us up and said, Q, nobody's put up more than 20 on Denver, but we put up 32 on them. The Texans D does not scare me. I want to see the Raiders O torch them. And do not play to our opponent's level. We're better. Go prove it. Also, I want to see Raider Nation hype at home. Good one. I like that one. Got another text from the 562. Vegas Pete, as a matter of fact. Texans face Indy, Denver, Chicago, Chargers, Jags. Some of the worst quarterbacks. I think we score like we did against Denver. I'm good with that. And then Jason and MD. I hate to keep texting y'all, but the teams they played are tremendously offensively challenged. Colts, Broncos, Chargers, Jags. Y'all never talk about competition, but that matters. The best offense they played was the Chargers. They had 34. Thank you, Damon, for bringing that up. That's Jason NMD. We definitely appreciate those texts. 69187, keyword R&R if you want to text us in, or at 702-365-9200 like our good friend Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. You know, what I what I want to see uh, Sunday is the defense step up, step up because – I'm looking at, at, I mean, they got a pretty, their offense is not great, but it's not bad neither. Um, 
Mills and, and the running back Pierce and also Brandon Cookson gave us trouble before in the past. So my thing, I want to see the, the corners and, and, and the uh, safety step up. I mean, you can't keep putting all this pressure on, on Max and, and Chandler Jones every game. You Sometimes you're not going to get to the um, – Get to the quarterback, so we yeah. need we need that to step up. Also, um, um, Hunter Renfro, he don't look the same since he got that that concussion. I think we need to sit him out another game. It's not, uh, and this is not a gimme game. I just hope people no. don't think this is a gimme game. Uh, uh, Q and Demond, this is not a gimme game. This is a game we got to earn. They, I watched them uh, on the NFL um, um, ticket. And yeah. their their defense is pretty good, so I just want well, I just want to say that. And man, you guys are doing a great job. And uh, stop running against each other, man. You know when y'all gonna pull a hamstring running like that? <laughs> it's probably gonna be my old ass. But thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Hey, you know I've, I've become that that it's it's become that that uh, that part of my life where I just embrace it now. Right? There was a point where I just kind of fought Father Time and fought Father Time. Was like no. I'm not getting old. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, look, man. <laughs> look, man. Look, dog. <laughs> Sometimes it becomes a problem. So Father Time catches up to you. Father Time waits for no man. And, uh, yeah, that, that football game against Vegas Jets really humbled me. I know Vegas Jets, too. I mean, that's my good buddy. He's, he's out there. He's trying to grind, too, because he's ready for a rematch because he still don't have no catches on me. Now, he might have injured me. He might have had an offensive pass interference. But you know what the worst thing is on offensive pass interference? You didn't even make the catch, right? I mean, at least make the catch, right? If you're going to push off, push off and make the catch. Make it worth it. He pushed off and still didn't catch the damn ball. You know what so, I just thought about? Did you see James Harden on opening night? No. He no. made Mark. He hit Marcus Smart with the step back, and Marcus Smart flew from the three-point line to underneath <laughs> the basket. And he did, and James Harden did hit anything. Oh wow! Hit the backboard. Oh wow! <laughs> See, if you're gonna do all that, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna put a little extra on it, you gotta at least make it pay off for you. But no, and and, and realistically, like Raider Max said, man, this game talking about the Texans, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be easy either. I think a lot of people are underestimating the Texans. That's why on my podcast, when I talked to Homeboy from Houston, I I didn't I didn't try to throw any shade at him. I just hey, I just want to get the information. And I know that the competition, like uh, uh, our guy uh, Jason and MD pointed out, hasn't been great. But in the NFL, man, that's the thing about it. I think every team in the NFL could beat any other team on any given Sunday. I mean, it's just that's there, there's that much parity in the league. Like, did any of us think that the Jets were going to go into Green Bay and beat the Packers on Sunday? I didn't. I mean, seriously. Like, there's so many games that I've seen over the past, you know, few weeks where I was like, whoa, didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect the Giants to be 5-1 and one, or the Jets to be 4-2. and two. I didn't expect any of that. Atlanta's picking up some victories. Marcus Mariota is actually playing decent. You know, I mean, I, there's a lot that I don't expect, but it, it happens each and every week. So if you, you can't go in there, and I know the team's not, but you can't go into the, a game and be like, oh, this is a dub. You just, you just can't do it. The Raiders aren't dominant enough. They're not, they're not that good of a team to be able to go in there and just, uh, you know, take it easy. Or not take it easy, but just underestimate a, an opponent and still come out with a victory. They're not there yet. Some teams, they can pull it off in the end. Like, oh, man. I don't. They didn't wake up to the third quarter, but they still are good enough to pull it off. The Raiders aren't that team. They're definitely not. But now one, one element of the game that I look forward to on Sunday is the run game, something that I think that they need to really focus in on, uh, and that's got to be the key until Texans, the Texans can't stop them. Right? That's, that's what I think. So earlier this week, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, he met with us in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, uh, Raiders HQ, and he talked about how well Josh Jacobs has played so far this season. 
Yeah, Josh has done a great job, um, you know, in terms of accepting his role and obviously playing well in his role. Um, you know, obviously he's you know, played a little bit more on third down this past week against Kansas City, um, and that's a tribute to him in terms of knowing the protection, knowing the run schemes, and knowing the passing game. Um, so he's just a guy who's really kind of, I would say, taking his assignments and kind of growing forward from there. And just like the offensive line, showing consistency in practice. And obviously we have to try and get him the ball in terms of calling runs and you know, however the game goes, that's how it's going to play out. But, you know, he's taking advantage of opportunities and it's just like anything else. So you, you hand Josh Jacobs the ball and he does a good job reading the run, reads it the right way, stays true, follows Jacques, you know, follows the tackles block, follows the guard block. Then, hey, you know, he's done a good job and he's taking care of the football. I think that's the main thing that we, we would like to see from a running back or anybody who carries the football. You know, are they taking care of it? You know, is the ball coming out? We preach ball security at nauseum here because it's important to win games. And he's done a great job of that. Um, he's been trying to improve that because that's something he that was a big offseason goal for him in playing this season. So he's proven that he can get positive yards. He can stay true to his assignment. And he can take care of the football. And any player that really does that, then they're going to play. Offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi talking about how well Josh Jacobs has played. And uh, that goes back to a lot of questions about guys like T. Billy and going back to other guys that haven't really been out there on the field. Everyone always says, how come that guy's not out there? And I always say, with this regime, it's all about how you practice. It's all about how you execute you know, Monday through Friday, uh, it's going to determine what you do on Sunday. And so Josh Jacobs is taking it uh, on his own to make sure that he is the guy that's getting the, the majority of the carries on, on Sundays. And he doesn't want to come off the field. He's running hard, and you heard Mick Lombardi talk about he's taking care of the ball as well. And so why would you go away from him? So right now, Josh Jacobs has been a very big, um, you know, it's a nice – a nice piece to the puzzle when it comes to the Raiders' offense, and I think he's going to be needed in a major way come Sunday. But uh, here was Josh Jacobs in the locker room uh, on yesterday, coming off the bye week, just talking about well a lot of different things, including you know how it feels to come back off the bye. Uh, their defense is fast. Um, everybody on their everybody on their defense is fast. Um, they play very sound. Uh, they play uh, you know a gap defense. Sometimes linebackers run through, um, and man, they're, they're physical. So. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good matchup. I think it's gonna come down to you know who wanted more. Back to back weeks, career high. What do you feel like clicked, especially the last two weeks? What's clicking for you this season? I just feel like we, we ran the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the only thing I could really uh, say that I feel like was different. Uh, we just ran the ball. What's it mean? I mean, in today's era, right? Three down backs, no count running backs. You don't see them every day. You have taken on that role pretty much since you came in the NFL. What does it mean to kind of hold that distinguishment um, when the game is kind of phasing away from that? Um, it's definitely huge. I mean, you know, this this game is about availability, but it's also the more you could do. You know what I'm saying? So the more you can put yourself in position to, to be on the field and impact the game um, is, is definitely huge. You probably don't hear this, but, I mean, Derek was just real complimentary of you. And basically talking about, like, your physicality. And we all saw the play when you tried to run over the safety up. <laughs> yeah. But what does it mean you hear, like, your teammates just recognizing just how hard and how well you're playing often? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it it'd it be just the way I want to, you know, if I feel like we hit a lull in the game, um, it, it could be a time where I feel like I can maybe juke a dude and go around him, but it'd be like I'm going I'm to set the tone and I'm going to get the uh, sideline hype and I'm going to get everybody energized to, to, to go play. Um, so that's just kind of the role that I feel like I took on. You talked a lot about your body being sore on the week-to-week grind of the season until like the end of the week. When you get a bye week, is that enough time for your body to, to get recovered to I, feel fresh? I haven't really been that much sore this year. Yeah, like, I mean, last year I had a little stinger in, in my shoulder. But, I mean, that's that's kind of common for, for running backs. Um, I've been feeling good, man. I mean, knock on wood. Hopefully, hopefully I keep that up. 
Um, but yeah, man, I, I, my body's been pretty good this year. In terms of how you feel, is there anything you did differently during the offseason to prepare, or just how did your offseason go? Man, uh, I did some time in uh, Florida, did some training out there for like two months. Um, you know, I kind of just worked on the little details of things, um, you know, the fast twitch type of things, like not didn't go too heavy, didn't, you know, whatever. Um, and also, you know, I, I hired a nutritionist. So um, that's the only thing I can say that I really did different um, this year. Um, but my body definitely feels different. Yeah, what, what part of Florida? And what were some of the changes? <clears throat> Miami, Miami. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah uh, but uh, I don't know why the dude's, the dude's name is leaving uh, my head right now. But a lot of guys was up there, sure. like uh, – Aaron Jones was up there. Carlos Dunlap, like all a lot of a lot of guys, you know, uh, train up there. So it was pretty fun, man, to go up there and uh, work with it, with other, you know, elite guys and um, compete against them and see how they train and see how they work. It was it was pretty fun. And then in terms of having a nutritionist, what have you phased out of your diet and what are you eating now that's different? Man, I'm not gonna lie. All my life, I eat whatever, like donut burgers, like whatever, like sure. whatever. Like this is the first time I will say that, like. I went more towards, lean more towards fish and, and chicken, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really eat too much heavy, um, not even on my on my cheat days. So, that's the, I'll probably say that's the thing that changed the most. You talked about the run game kind of being uh, you know, behind the offense of the circuits the last couple of weeks. Could that translate into the red zone as well? I know that there's been some issues in the red zone, but being able to run the ball Man, I think um, red zone for us and on our offense and, uh, and defense in general is just a point of emphasis. Um, just because we haven't been great at it. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I feel like when it comes down to red zone, it's just about execution. Um, and it's about really for the, as a runner, um, um, who wanted more. You know, it, everything is, you know, it's something that's not going to be blocked right. You know, it's just because everything is condensed, you know, it's going to be one extra guy or whatever. And at that point, it's just about the runner. There you go. There's uh, Josh Jacobs in the locker room. That was yesterday with, uh, you heard Sam Gordon, I uh, heard, uh, uh, our guy uh, Brian, Brian Salmon was there. Also, Vinny Bonsignor was there. Uh, a couple others were there as well, talking to Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room. You also heard from offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi talking about Josh Jacobs, how well he's played this season. And uh, one of the things that Brian Salmon pointed out was that Derek Carr just talked really highly on Josh Jacobs and the season he's having. Here is Derek Carr yesterday at the podium talking about running back Josh Jacobs. He's, he's running extremely violent. And when he and not just not just the physicality, but his cuts are violent. His, his his mentality is violent. You see, when he gets in the open field, we all know he can make people miss and stuff like that. But you've seen a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, him him eye the safety out and, and say, "Here, okay, here I come," and he's going to do it play after play after play. And more power to him. You know, I'm glad he's doing that, not me. You know, yeah, I don't know how he does it. It's it's really impressive, you know, what what he's been able to do. But he'd be the first one to tell you how good of a job those guys up front are doing and the wide receivers are blocking. You know, whenever you see big runs in the NFL, a lot of it has to do with the receivers getting their block too. Um, and so, you know, he's doing a great job. Everyone's doing a great job. But I, I would say if I could describe it, it's just his, his violent mentality, you know. And, you know, that's something that when you have that as a running back, something I saw in Marshawn, he's a very violent runner. Um, and, and Josh has that same mentality. And when he when he does it like that and he runs like that, um, it's it's – it's up there with some of the best, man. It's, it's really fun to watch. Derek Carr talking about Josh Jacobs and his violent run style, something that we've heard a lot from multiple different people. He just runs violently. He's running angry. That's a, that's a term that we used to use all the time, run angry, run downhill. That's what he does. Get behind your pads. That's the, all those cliches. We'll ask Lincoln Kennedy about that coming up at 4 o'clock. But that's what Josh Jacobs is doing. He's absolutely running behind his pads, running downhill, and running violently. And when you see him 
try to run over a safety and just give him the business. When he hits him with the shoulder and like he did against Kansas City, man, that's something, as he mentioned, it gets the whole sideline fired up. It gets everyone fired up and uh, gets a little bit of that momentum that DeMond doesn't believe in, gets him a little bit of that extra juice and energy on their side. Now, let's go out to the phone lines and talk to a guy who's very violent when it comes to the football field, and that's the way that he plays against 45-year-old DBs. That's my guy, Vegas Jess. Vegas Jess, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, uh, Q. Good afternoon. How you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing all right. So you call. What's up, man? I'm still recovering. Well, I'm still recovering. Well, listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I'm listening to you, and I, I'm hearing all this uh, one side of the story. So um, I just thought I'd call in to give another perspective on this uh, on this subject about our little game last week. Okay, go so, ahead. So, okay, uh, you know, I just wanted to ask you: Would you uh, agree or disagree that the quarterback was? Uh, his arm was a little uh, less than par. Oh, yeah. He was suspect for sure. Okay. Thank you. So uh, I have an impartial uh, uh, person here reviewing uh, the, the tape. <laughs> and uh, on the tape, you can pretty, like 99%, you can see that I actually caught the ball. When you asked me if you caught it, Q, you were laying on your back on the driveway and you were having a hard time breathing. <laughs> and as a close friend of yours, I, I cannot take advantage of the situation. I'm your friend, so I think a friend first. So I told you, yes, uh, I did not catch the ball. So you really caught I mean, because I don't know. You really caught the ball? You were laying face first on the street. So I know. You, yes, I caught the ball. Oh, man. <laughs> I got I to gotta see I that. I got to see that. I got to see that film, man. Okay, well, I was trying to make you feel better, my friend. So <laughs> let, let, the, let the record know that uh, you, you, we're, we're tied. We're at 500, you blocked one, and I caught one. Okay. All right, well, mm-hmm. hey, at least it was worth it then. The OPI was worth it if you catch it. <laughs> well, there was no offensive PI. There was a lot of defensive PI, but uh, none on the offense. <laughs> okay, he, all right. You know, and I reviewed the tape as well, and yes, of course, I'm a little biased, but the impartial observer I uh, didn't see any uh, offensive pass interference. Wait, who's this impartial observer? Let me ask this dumb question. Uh, I, I don't want to say names because I don't want this person to, to receive any harassment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Protecting the innocent. I see how you are. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You, you know, you you have to cue. You know, you know, in, in these times, you know. Yeah, that's true, man. It's it's tough times. You know, you never know. I might flip out at forty five. I might flip out because uh, the, the the play was under review and I didn't like the call. <laughs> well, you you never you never know. There's crazy things going on in the world. Like, you know, Kanye and others. So you, just, you don't you don't know. But we must protect the innocent. And uh, yeah, so that that that's where we're, we're going to go. The tape will be released at uh, you know at some point. Oh, okay. All right. Now he's gonna put. Now he's gonna put the tape out. There you go. All right. There well, he is. Well, you, you know, I, I put that in quotes. You know, I mean, I didn't say when. I did. Yeah. You know, even even uh, Fargo Raiders said, "Was it ten years? You know, ten years from now." I mean, you know. Hey, man. Look, just just put the tape out when they bury me, man. Once they bury me, you can put the tape out all you want. But let me live, man. Let me live. Well, well, you look at. Uh, I'm probably gonna go before you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know what? Uh, hold hold on. I hear uh, TMZ's calling me. Oh, wow, TMZ. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Bye. <laughs> there he goes. Vegas Jess right there. That's my dog. Good good stuff. And, uh, okay, I, I got to review the tape because I didn't see him catch the ball. I did, though, DeMond. My biggest thing, I wanted to know if, if he caught it or not, and he said no. He, But to his credit, he said he was just trying to make me feel good. 
I didn't see the catch. I'm gonna have to figure that out. That's the icing that. on the cake. I'm gonna have to review that. The one. cherry on top of he just said. I just said that to make you. If that's actually true, if we can get this tape, and he's got the ball. He's he's Jerry Rice in it, and it's just him. Man. I gotta I gotta see this. I gotta check it out. Three forty-five is the time. Many thanks to Vegas Chess. We'll come back. We'll get to your calls. We'll get to your texts. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at four o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Broadcast Network. Also, former Raider offensive lineman, multiple-time Pro Bowler. Get to his conversation, what he thinks that the Raiders need to do this upcoming week against the Houston Texans in Allegiant Stadium as Week 7 gets underway for the Raiders. We want to get to your texts and your calls, 702-365-9200. Also, the text line is 69187, keyword R&R. And, DeMond, you said that you wanted to get to uh, a text. You wanted to go ahead and, and bring up a certain text? Oh, yeah, this is a Hall of Fame text here. You know, maybe we should get some people together and just say, hey, these are the text Hall of Fames, and this is from Trey in Kansas City. Q, I knew you were capping. You're 45, man. Time to retire and leave the glory <laughs> to the Young Bucks. Uh, Trey, thank you for the text. I I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. I've kind of I've kind of uh, I, I like I said Friday night kind of humbled me a little bit. You know, it kind of let let me know that maybe I should uh, allow exactly what you just said. Let the glory be to the young bucks. But as far as capping, I wasn't really capping. I still haven't seen. Just said he he said he caught the ball. I didn't see the catch. I asked about the catch because that was important to me. I asked about it as soon as, like he said, I was laying on my driveway not being able to breathe, and he said he didn't catch it. I mean, DeMond, you heard him. He said he didn't catch it. He was trying to show you mercy. Well, that's what he says, but I didn't – I mean, I don't know. I couldn't breathe. Hell, I didn't even know that I passed gas. So, obviously, I was doing bad. <laughs> I was obviously doing bad. So, I mean, I get it. But, I mean, the other thing about that is Jess ain't no spring chicken. Let's not get it twisted. Like he said, he's probably going to go before me. I mean, look, man. I mean, he, he's – hey, when it comes to Father Time, Father Time is talking to both, both of us at the same time. Hey, Jess, hey, Q, come on over here, man. Let me talk to y'all. <laughs> so uh, it's all in good fun, though. But, yeah, he, he talked about the quarterback being a little suspect. Uh, Jason, Jason's a little suspect when it came to the quarterback position. He didn't have the strongest arm. But Jess was playing quarterback when I was covering Jason, and he didn't catch anything. So I'm not going to say Jess was the best quarterback either. I didn't do anything but play defense the whole time. I did nothing else. I know my limitations. And clearly after I fell and scraped up my hand and my shoes and my shirt in my front yard, <laughs> I obviously realized that my limitations were even made more after that. But thank you for that text, uh, Trey. We do appreciate you. Juan the Smasher, you're up, my man. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's going on? Hey, man, I'm chilling. I know that's right. <laughs> hey, Q. Yes, I'm, I'm over here hearing that that, that uh, Vegas Jets is routing you up on them routes, man. What's up with that coverage, though? I mean, the coverage was tight, man. He pushed off, <laughs> man. It was he pushed off. <laughs> hey, it's all good, but yeah, on uh, Sunday, what I want to see is this DBs not playing like you. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I want to see these DBs play some defense. You know what I'm saying? In like two, three picks and some sacks, and uh, everybody needs to go. How about my boy, Matt Max? He's a one-man show. He's the only Batman. All these cats over here, they, they don't want to eat and grab no sacks. And uh, and if we get a lead, please hold on to it, too, because it, it's tough when you have a lead and then you keep on losing like that. That one right there is, is a gut punch, Q. And, uh, but other than that, we just got to stay up and stay positive and go from one and four to the playoffs. Let's go, baby. 
There he goes. Hey, that's one. The smash. Appreciate the call. And, yeah, you don't want the DBs playing like me. But I will say I did get one interception. So, I, I mean, I have half as many interceptions as the Raiders have as a team. I got one. They only have two. So <laughs> there's that. But, no, yeah, if they're out there uh, looking like me at all, then the Raiders are in trouble on Sunday. But don't worry. Uh, even, even the last guy on the last guy's bench is going to be better than me. So, you know, there's that. Go ahead. Let's give one more call. Who we got up, Demon? Let's get Bernard in here. Bernard, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. What I like to see, man, first of all, good, good afternoon to you guys. You too, uh, brother. Great show as usual. Um, third down, I hope they, they need to be successful on third down. That's defense and offense. Yeah. Right? We yep. have too many times it's third and long. We get a, they get a penalty on, a, on defense after they get a stop, and then, you know, it gives the offense a new set of downs. You know, holding, automatic first down. And then I know you called it the Jermaine Illuminar penalty. They get in the red zone, first and goal, you know, on the 10-yard line, then they get a holding penalty. And then, you know, the, the drive just goes, you know, kapoop. So they fix those issues, you know, back to not hurting yourself. You know, I think they're, they'll get better in the red zone on defense and on offense. And one more, one more thing. Do you think the Raiders are lacking speed at the wide receiver position? It just seems like they don't, even though Devontae Adams can stretch the field, it just seems like, they just not in sync. And obviously with, with Waller missing time and Rimper went missing time, the offense really is out of sync. And one more thing, with Josh Jacobs, this man has improved his game. Remember when he first came in, his, yeah. his hands were suspect? Yep. He He's all around back now. He, I mean, he, he he's on par with uh, Jonathan Taylor, even though Jonathan Taylor's kind of mixed up now. But he's looking just as good as him before his, his hands was kind of questionable. But I got no questions about Jacobs now, man. I love that dude. Right. Hey, good stuff, Bernard. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, when it comes to Jacobs, he really has worked on his game in a major way. You heard him say earlier that he went to Florida. He was in Miami training. And, uh, obviously, working on uh, catching the ball is something that, that he's been working on since he got into the league. That was something that I remember even John Gruden saying, hey, we want to get him more involved even in the passing game. And so he's shown that he can do that as well. He's been that all-around back. And that's why the other day when I was talking about the Giants and I was comparing position to position to position and I got to running back, and I said, hey, you know what? When Saquon, Saquon Barkley is healthy, he's, he's a damn good back. When Josh Jacobs is healthy, he's a damn good back. I really put them very similar. I put them on the same level. I know that Saquon comes into the league with a ton of hype. I was a big fan of his at Penn State, uh, and, and I still am a big fan of his. I think that he's a hell of a player. But I think Josh Jacobs is just as good. I, I absolutely do. There's no doubt in my mind he's just as good. And a lot of that is because he worked on uh, catching the ball, like you mentioned, Bernard. Good call right there, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Coming up next. We'll turn our attention to Lincoln Kennedy. He's on the Raiders radio broadcast, of course, with Jason Horowitz. He does the, the color commentary. We'll talk about the Texans. What does Lincoln want to see? And we'll talk about Houston not really playing up against a bunch of uh, juggernaut teams. Does that matter in this game on Sunday? We'll get Lincoln's thoughts all coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920.